How's your week been? You're not gonna intro? Uh, welcome to This Week in Crime, a true crime podcast about things that happened this week but not this year. I'm Coda. I'm Crystal. How was your week? It was fine. Yesterday at work we had to push carts in the thunderstorm, which was great. And I wear Nike indoor running shoes, which means that they're not meant for weather. <laughs> and they got absolutely fucking drenched. And I had to call Cody and I was like, you're gonna hate me. You're gonna be really mad. But I really need you to bring me a pair of shoes and socks because my feet are really wet and they were squishy and I didn't like it and I was like <laughs> at first I was like it's fine uh my shoes are mesh my socks are thin it'll dry fine it'll dry pretty fast once I get back inside but then once I started walking I started squishing puddles into my shoes and there was no coming back from that that's terrible yeah um but I had to wear my vans all day yesterday at work for like I think at that point it was like seven and a half hours and they were flat bottoms instead of like Nike arc support whatever the fuck so my feet just like don't feel good my my work shoes are like flat bottomed but i got real flat feet but my feet hurt all the time i used to wear vans and converse to work all the time and then i actually got like night well first i bought like the walmart brand nikes and then i bought nike nikes and now my feet are used to like being pampered when i'm on them for nine hours and they weren't my feet just suffer um so i lost my scholarship I'm losing my scholarship for my half tuition, which means I'm going to have to take next semester off from school. But I'm going to go work where Josh works, but in a different department so that I don't actually have to be up his ass all day. They don't let women lift lawnmowers, apparently. So I'm going to be doing, like, baby monitors and textbooks and shit. Make twelve fifty an hour. Be super psyched. Put all the money in savings. Work a second job. Be able to go back to school and maybe not be in fucking $10,000 in debt when I graduate. But... He just sits on his ass all day, and I'm so excited because I've never had a job where I can sit down. I've never had a job that wasn't customer service. I don't know what to do. Like, I'm going to be so bored all day about people screaming at me. Josh said that I, I have to use his car money to buy a textbook for the other half of the semester, and then I'm buying my Cleveland tickets, and then he's just going to work two jobs in the summer and buy himself a car. Because he actually, okay, I give him $1,000. His dad gave him $500. To his own car fund, he contributed $300. So, he literally has, like, the least share in this car. And he's acting like I didn't give him enough money. Because I didn't get my state taxes back. And I was like, suck it. And then I told him, like, hey, I'm going to take money out of that. And he was like, what? And I'm like, look, I gave you months to buy a car. Like, I'm not waiting anymore. That's it. I did a bunch of chores today. I took down some posters. I uh, So, I, like, I had a door covered in, like, little magazine pinups of bands and stuff. I took those down, and I hung up, like, a wall hanger. I don't know what they're called. They look like a blanket on a stick. <laughs> and it's hanging up, and it's it's nice. It's purple. It's very doesn't, womanly. doesn't go with the rest of my room, because the rest of my room is still covered in posters of bands. But we're working on it. I'm becoming a girl. I cleaned my house yesterday, and it was just, uh, it was just so nice. But also, Josh finally did all the dishes that he's been telling me that he's going to do for, like, probably a month now. That I've been like, I'm not doing them. You do them. I clean everything else. And I cleaned the whole living room, and I, like, picked up my rug and, like, beat it out. Fucking finally. And then I swept it up, and I put out the couch and swept under it, which, like, I don't understand how this boy, like, he'll, like, eat a granola bar and then, like, set the granola bar wrapper down on the couch. And then when it's magically not there, he, like, assumes that a ghost put it away and not that it fell into the couch. So, like, it was a fucking mess under there, and I was stressed. No, Cody's favorite. I love cleaning my room when Cody's not here because Cody's grandmother at home is retired. She has nothing better to do at home but clean up after Cody and clean his room when he's not there and make his bed. So he doesn't do any of that shit on his own. So when he gets out of the shower, his towels are on the floor, his dirty clothes are on the floor, the shower curtain's open. He hasn't, if there's hair in the drain, he hasn't taken it out. Uh, When he gets dressed in here, he leaves his boxers on the floor, his yesterday clothes are on the floor, his pajamas on the floor. I leave my pajamas on the bed, so at least they're not on the floor. (laughs) Leaving things on the bed is a fucking foreign concept to him. But basically, I have to bitch at him all the time. He's like, well, you always yell at me. And I was like, okay, but you also never pick up after yourself. And I'm not your fucking grandmother, and I'm not going to do it. So. Monday through Friday, when I'm, like, going to work and going to school and shit, I, like, I leave all my clothes on the bathroom floor. I'm, I I won't clean them up. And, like... I will leave, like, all of the clothes for the whole week on the floor next to my bed. And I live in a studio, so, like, my bed is the living room, and that's why I don't have people over during the week, because it's fucking dirty. Mm. But, like, every Saturday, I clean my whole house, and then I feel better about it. 
but I, I can't, I don't want to take my clothes out of the bathroom with me. It's my house. If I want to shit on the floor, I will. He loves to, when he gets out, it's so like a shower. First of all, he takes his phone in the shower mm-hmm. because he likes to play on it, which doubles his shower time. But also he has, he has one of those like phone wallet things that sticks to the back and he like has to take all of his cards out in preparation that he doesn't take his ID into the shower. <laughs> Um, what? I don't know. They're plastic <laughs> cards. I don't see the problem. He doesn't have a chip in his credit card, so, like, it shouldn't matter. Um, but... Okay, but why can't he take his ID in the shower? He doesn't want, like, himself he to see his own he, dick. He, he thinks it's gonna fucking ruin his ID, because his ID is also apparently not plastic. We also what? had this... We had this discussion around Christmas of, like, Walmart was doing a thing where it had a jar of slime that you could put a gift card in, and then, like, you give it to somebody, and they're like, oh, they have to stick their finger in slime to get the gift card. But he was afraid to leave his sister's gift card in that bucket of slime for, like, two hours. So as soon as she went and opened up the gift, he put the gift card in it and then handed it to her, as if that was going to, like, do anything. Like, he thought it was, he thought the slime was going to ruin the gift card. I don't We're, think Cody understands how plastic works. He doesn't understand many things. It's like, we want to talk about, like, he doesn't scrape his plates, so he'll just, like, leave it, and then his grandma scrapes his plates. Oh, my him. God. But... When I tell him to scrape his plate, for usually, like, you take the plate, you hold the silverware with your thumb, you dump it out, or sometimes you use silverware to, like, scrape it off. Yeah. He just dumps the entire plate oh in my- there and then gets confused as to why the fork is in the trash can. Mm. Mm. See, I use paper plates because I don't... Josh refuses to scrape his plates. Like, there could be, like, literally a whole piece of chicken on his plate and that bitch is going in the sink. And so I won't touch the dishes that are in our sink because they're disgusting and I won't fucking do it. I'm not doing... No. If I wanted to be a dishwasher, I would get paid for it. Not fucking doing it. And so I always tell him, like, <laughs> I see your fucking mess. Good luck to you. And he's like, well, you use the silverware. And I'm like, does my silverware have a whole piece of chicken on it? <laughs> no. Like, I threw my chicken in the garbage where it fucking belonged. We also, uh, we eat a lot of pancakes because I really like pancakes. And whenever he sees me making pancakes... Uh, he wants one. And so I always make him pancakes, but then there's, like, a shit ton of syrup left on the plate. And so what I do is I run it under hot water, and I get most of the syrup off, and then the rest is sitting in the water so it doesn't dry and harden. He leaves his pancake plate with the pancake half-eaten on it next to the sink, and then it's hard, and then it's dry, and then nobody can get fucking into it. Okay, listen, I work at a, a breakfast restaurant for the most part. If you have a syrupy, sticky food, and you are trying to be courteous and stack your plates, I see you. I appreciate you. But please realize when you stick your fucking napkin to that plate, it is cement. I cannot get that off. The dishwashers are going to take a fucking, like, spatula to it and scrape it off and then throw it at me because I put paper in the dish tank. Do not fucking do it. I hate you if you do that. Speaking of, I hate you. We got a new follower on SoundCloud. Great. But back to Cody's weird shower thing. He takes his phone in the shower, spends forever in the shower, comes out. uh, First of all, he takes three towels into the bathroom, only uses two of them, leaves the folded one left on top of the toilet for me to pull away. (laughs) He's such a girl. Um, but takes one, dries off his body, takes another, dries off his hair. But then he'll come out and he'll sit on my bed and continue to dry off his hair and then sit on his phone. Instead of, like, finishing what he needs to do in the bathroom and then leaving the bathroom. He'll come back to the bathroom 25 minutes later and then finish whatever he needs to do, come out here and get dressed. But, like, he wonders why I... And he does all this in the morning. He refuses to shower tonight. at night. He does it all in the morning. And as two people who have an inability to work, wake up early, we are always... We're always out of the door if we want to do anything. We're always out of the door in the afternoon anyway. And then he's wondered why I feel so mi- minorly inconvenienced by his 25-minute shower routine. <laughs> or, like, 45-minute shower routine. It's ridiculous. Cody doesn't believe, like, it's something in his head that he does not believe of closing the shower curtain when he's done because he doesn't think that mildew is a thing. But, like, that also is just because his grandma goes in behind him or after him and cleans up all of his shit. Like, he doesn't understand basic, like, house maintenance. Not cleaning, just maintenance while you're doing it. He doesn't understand it because he never has to do it because his grandma always does it. And he always talks about, like, well, I used to clean my room all the time when I lived with my dad. I used to do all this other stuff when I lived with my dad. And I was like, well, you fucking don't. And you forgot literally everything you used to do. My family has always gone through shower curtains really fast. We're a very musky family, mm-hmm. and all of our shit just grows. So, like, we've always gone through shower curtains really fast, but, like, nothing drives me crazier than when Josh is in a rush and he leaves the cloth shower curtain in the bathtub. It, it, I scream. <laughs> I'm like, why the fuck is the How is the shower curtain soaked? Like, sometimes it gets a little wet when, like, you're throwing it open and shit, but it's soaked. <laughs> Don't get it. And I don't have, like, a hair dryer to take to it either, so I gotta take my hair straightener and, like, to dry it so it doesn't fucking mold. Well, that's, uh, 13 minutes of us talking about, uh, housewifely duties. 
This is probably going to get cut down to, like, four minutes. Oh, yeah. All of the <laughs> sex stuff is probably going to be taken out. You're going first. I don't know why I'm getting yeah. mine. This week, I have a case. We both have a case this week. Because nobody told us whether you like two cases or one, so we're going back to two, and y'all can bitch at us later. Hold on. I wanted to shout that lady's name out. We got a new follower on SoundCloud. If you follow us anywhere but SoundCloud, I can't see your names. But if you tweet at us and you want us to read your name so that you feel famous, I will do that. Her name is Rebecca Beza... Filled, I guess. I am sorry. I'm very white. <laughs> Kristen, you want to try that? I would say Villegas. Yeah. Villegas. Thank you. Love you. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm so white. So, I'm not going to tell you the punchline to the story. <laughs> um, the punchline is murder, but that's not the over the overarching issue in the story. Oh. <laughs> um, but my case covers this woman named Caritha Curry. At least I think it's pronounced Caritha. It's the only way that I can read it. Um, who had a friend named Felicia Scott. And Felicia Scott lived in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. <sighs> and this place... Caritha Felicia Tuscaloosa? Oh my god, he's calling me. Hello? He just wanted to let me know that he's on the way there. He I can't hear. text? Yeah, I was gonna... I don't fucking know. He has voice to text on his watch, of all things. <laughs> Why can't he fucking text me? I don't know. Anyway, Caritha and Felicia in yeah. Tuscaloosa. Yeah, and this takes place in 1995, where Felicia was about 29 years old. That's a long time ago. At the time, she had two babies. I think they were both boys. But she had a new boyfriend named Frederick Polion. No. Polion. No. I don't know. Um, but she lived with him. He was new. I don't know whether he moved in with her or she moved in with him, but, like, they lived together, and they were a new uh, couple. Never trust a Frederick. <laughs> And uh, Felicia herself, like, as a girlfriend, was really insecure, and she felt... Me fucking too. <laughs> she felt in her heart that the only way to keep Frederick happy was to have his baby. Oh, So, <laughs> in the fall of that year, she announced to, like, friends and family and Frederick that she was pregnant. However, secretly, in 1995, she had had a hysterectomy. Oh. She didn't have a uterus to house oh, a baby. I think I know the story. But also around the same time, she befriended uh, a 17-year-old who was actually just named Caritha Curry, and she was also pregnant. Oh, okay, so the first crazy bitch was Felicia. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, and, like, they became friends. I don't know how they met. Uh, I couldn't really find it, and at least in the things that I read, they didn't say how they met, but, like, she became friends with her, which is, like, weird because she's, like, 30 and she's 17. Yeah, I was going to say, you know that, like, those posts, like, around on Tumblr all the time that it's like, honey, that older man does not want to be with you. Honey, that old lady does not want to be your friend. <laughs> But I'm sure they, they tried to, she had to do the thing of bonding of, like, we're both pregnant. And so they would go shopping in, like, babies department stores all the time for, like, clothes and baby seats and baby shit. I don't know. I don't have one. So, like, I'm assuming offensively that this woman was fat. Because I just couldn't imagine being skinny and being, like, I'm pregnant. Yeah, that, there's fucking, what? The story that I read, the, the, the article that I pulled most of my facts from didn't say anything of her, like, stuffing her boobs or stuffing her stomach or, or trying to cover it up through this entire thing. And she's, in the story, she goes through a nine-month pregnancy and nobody notices that she's not gaining weight. I'm a chunky woman. So, like, if I was like, hey, I'm pregnant, most people would be like, yeah, okay. But, like, Crystal is a fucking twig and if she was like, I'm pregnant, people would be like, Sure. Like, two weeks. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> and then they shared, like, hopes for their kids, and they talked about the aspirations of, like, I want mine to be a fucking violin major. I don't know. So, in January 31st of 1996, Caritha was nine months pregnant, and Felicia, at this time, uh, the estimate was means that she's about four months pregnant, which means that she's supposed to start showing. And if she's skinny, she should have put on a little bit of weight. Now her boobs should be getting bigger. Her feet might be swelling a little bit. She should have signs of pregnancy, and I'd assume that she didn't have any of them. I mean, I'm not pregnant. My feet swell. Uh, and she had no side effects. I think that's the start of your second trimester, I think, is four months, and that's when you start vomiting. I, I don't know how you make yourself vomit first thing in the morning. Who knows? Well, my mom didn't have any morning sickness with Dexter. Because I was 15 when she was pregnant with Dexter. And, like, she had a... Other than, like, her, all the issues with her cervix, she had a fairly easy pregnancy. She's just fucking lazy and just sat on the couch. But, like, yeah, you're making a baby. You're allowed... It's the one time I've ever been like, yeah. That's all I expect her to do right now. Yeah. Sit there be pregnant. I made my mom bleed at six months oh. until eight and a half months. Eight oh, months. you're a Satan baby. Oh, yeah. No, what's worse is my mom kept the bloody mattress for, like... It's nine years afterwards <laughs> i could see it like she'd take the sheets off and be like what is this and she'd be like oh that's blood 
I remember when my mom's water broke, because I was, like, laying in bed, you know, texting Jacques, because we were together at that time, mm. and she came in, and she was, she was like, hey, good night, like, um, you know, da 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 and then she pissed herself, I was like, mom, what are you doing on my floor, what the fuck, and she was like, oh, my water just broke, okay, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck, mom, get it together, yeah. plug that shit up, and then she left to go to the hospital, mm-hmm. and I had to work the next morning. So I had to call into work and be like, hey, my mom's having a baby and there's nobody to sit with my 12-year-old or my 11-year-old sister. Like, there's nobody to be here with her. So I have to stay home. And then my grandma came and yelled at me for calling off work. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> you want me to make her come sit here while I fucking put people's french fries together? Fuck. Um, but on January 31st, Karitha, Felicia, and her mother, uh, Karitha's mother, went out shopping uh and then afterwards felicia invited caritha to her home to have like pizza and tea or whatever and talk and so they went out for pizza and then they both the two of them went to felicia's house but caritha's mother went home so felicia doesn't live with her mom no because i was supposed to say like if when i was 17 i brought home a 30 year old woman and i was like hey this is my friend my mom would be like what the fuck well no um caritha is the one that's like actually pregnant she lived with her mom she's 17 oh she went they went to felicia's house yeah gotcha i've been getting them backwards <laughs> yeah it's a lot of ias um but felicia lived on her own with her boyfriend her i mean still though like her mom went shopping with them it was like yeah it's fine yeah. that you're best friends with a fucking 30 year old woman i don't know i have co-worker friends that are like uh 25 and i think that kind of sketched my mom out for like a week until she know she realized that he was like raised mormon and didn't really understand social things and he kind of still thinks like a 19 year old boy kind of the same thing i don't know i just like th- i don't know maybe it's because my mom's 30 because like i do have friends that are like a little bit older than me but i don't have any that are 30 yeah like i have coworkers that are 30 and they like mother me like, they're like you need to be drinking water i got this one who she's always every time she sees me with a monster she's like coda i'm like what tasha leave me alone um, so they went out for pizza and then the two of them went back to Felicia's house. But upon entering Felicia's house, uh, instead of like offering her a glass of water or anything, Felicia pulled out a gun and shot her oh! in the head. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Sure. Um, but also the bullets did not kill her immediately. They just lodged in her skull and she was still conscious. Uh, so she wasn't dead and she was half alive. Damn. And Felicia knocked her on the ground, took a knife, cut Caritha down the length of her torso and removed her fetus. So, just, like, gave her a C-section on her kitchen floor. Yikes. Um, and then afterwards, uh, Felicia put Caritha's body into a garbage bag, into a garbage can, and then, like, taped it shut. Oh, my God. And that was it. So, she has this baby that's, like, bloody and probably, like, almost dying. I don't know. I feel like that's not a healthy thing Mm. for a baby. I mean, no, but, like, that's how they used to born babies. Um, but I know in a lot of cases like this, like, the babies die. Like, it's not a thing. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's definitely not good. <laughs> like, she's not a doctor. But, like, before 1800, nobody was a doctor. Yeah. Um, but when Frederick returned home, she told Frederick that she had just given birth. <laughs> and she put, <laughs> yep. <laughs> what the fuck? She told him that she had just given birth. And she had put all the blood-soaked linens and stuff, whatnot, in the trash can and, like, taped it up. Um, but Frederick also never looked or questioned the weight of the trash can. Instead, he just, like, took her word for God, it. God, you bled a lot. Took her word for it and threw it into a ravine. What? Threw the entire trash can in a ravine. That's fine. Listen, I don't care if you just birthed a baby, you are birthing a baby currently. If you put all your garbage in a ravine, I'm gonna assume there's a dead body in there. <laughs> but I guess Frederick was the, like, I guess, I guess Felicia could not drive. Because what I'm thinking is Caritha's mother drove him around, dropped him off their house. And then when Frederick got home, Felicia then went to the hospital. So I guess she couldn't take herself to the hospital. Frederick took her to the hospital. And and he, they were like, bitch, you've never been pregnant? Well, she said, like, oh, I just gave birth. This is my baby. And so they got her to the doctors. And the doctors actually just issued papers saying that that was her baby and he was the father. They didn't go, but ma'am, you don't have a uterus. Like, they didn't even look in there a little bit? No. She's like, you, she come in with a newborn baby that needs to be inspected. I don't know if they're going to question the mother all that much. I mean, I, I, I'd at least look down there to make sure everything was Gucci. (laughs) 
I don't know. Like, make sure the umbilical cord wasn't, like, still hanging out. Like, what'd you do with the placenta woman? Um, but Caritha's mother began to worry about her nine-month pregnant daughter, 17 years old, maybe 18 at the time, um, when she didn't come home. So they, she called yeah. the two of them around, like, two in the morning, and Frederick answered the phone, really sleepy, and was like, I don't know where she is. And then at 5 a.m., she called again, and Felicia answered, and Felicia said that, like, she had been dropped off here around 8.30, and now she's not here. I don't know. Uh, but also, or not also, just, like, her mother's intuition was, like, on high fucking alert. Her daughter was dead. Her baby was gone. Okay. Um, and she called the police, saying that, like, she thinks her daughter had been kidnapped. Um, so she called Felicia one more time and Felicia said, like, she asked Felicia, like, well, what about your baby? You're supposed to be pregnant. And where is my daughter? My daughter's nine months pregnant. And Felicia said something of like, well, I was in labor. I went to the hospital, but they turned me away because I didn't have insurance. But also I Googled that and hospitals are not allowed to do that. Yeah, that's not a thing. If you're actively dying or giving birth in labor, doctors and hospitals can't turn you away. The most that they can do is like bill you. Even if you're not actively dying, like, if you don't have insurance, like, they'll usually just send you a bill later. Yeah. Like, they're not going to turn you away. Because, like, there are plenty of people that, like, only have Medicaid and go to, like, ER for, like, fucking a, a hurt toe. <laughs> and they get treatment. Yeah. Um, but then after, Felicia told her this and then the mother called the cops of, like, I don't fucking believe you and you're stupid. Um... But when the cops came and questioned Felicia the next day about, like, what her, what, uh, Caritha's mother had said, she produced a document saying that that was her child, it was all good, they were legal documents, um, and so they left her. But in February, Felicia went to visit her father, in which she had made up a separate story about how she found the baby, and, and all this other stuff. It was really convoluted and twisted, and well, her father probably knew that she'd had a hysterectomy. Yeah. Would I, be my guess. I mean, she said she did it secretly, so I don't know how many people knew. Yeah, I don't know. But she came up with a baby and was not, didn't tell him that she was pregnant or whatever. I, maybe she hadn't told him. Um, because at this point, she wasn't supposed to give birth yet. She was probably only like five, six months pregnant. But she showed up with a baby and she was like, well, she he was left on my doorstep and now I have it. But also that same day, the uh, Felicia was arrested upon suspicion. So she was taken to jail. Um, on March 14th, which is actually the day that this episode is going to go up, 1996, Caritha was found at the bottom of the ravine. So her body was finally found, um, and the evidence, like, her blood was found in Frederick's truck, which convinced prosecutors that, like, the two of them were guilty, and they were both charged with kidnapping and murder. However, Frederick said that the, during the trial that he knew nothing of the murder, which he, like, kind of didn't, I guess. Like, I don't know how. I feel like Frederick's full of shit. I feel like <laughs> Frederick knew that some shady shit was in that garbage can. Because it's leaking blood all over his truck, and he's, like, not even bothered to clean it up. Yeah. I mean, he definitely... It worked in his favor of, like, not looking, I guess, because then he got to play dumb, and he didn't know about the murder, but he got charged with kidnapping. I definitely feel like he knew and lied. He got charged with kidnapping and was sentenced to 20 years. While Felicia was... Felicia, actually, during the trial, blamed Frederick and said that she only went along with it because she feared for her life and Frederick was going to kill her if she didn't cut out a baby. Frederick wasn't even there. <laughs> but she was found guilty of all the charges and sentenced to life without parole. So she's probably right now still in jail. Um, but it gets worse. Great. The, the autopsy reports that Caritha in that trash can in the ravine, maybe in her kitchen, I don't know where it was, uh, survived for 12 hours after being <gasps> shot and cut open and her baby had been removed. Huh? She was alive for 12 hours. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. I don't know how con like how long she was actually conscious and like was able to process probably not like, what happened. Long. Probably not. Probably not at all. She probably never gained consciousness. Yeah. But she lived for 12 know. hours stuffed inside of that trash can. But also, she has to be a very small girl or a very big trash can for her entire body to fit in a trash can. Because I know I tried it and it did not work. You tried to climb in a trash when can? When I was like 15, yeah. Okay. What the fuck? I, research. <laughs> it's research for my well, case. You have a small trash can. Yeah. But I was, I don't know, I was thinking more like, because Josh's dad has this big 10 gallon trash can. Mm. And like, I'm a large female and I could fit in that trash can just fine. Oh. Oh, I could I'm, probably get in that trash can and like hold Dexter in it. I'm just thinking of like when I was younger, instead of my dad taking us to the park in like the city of Cincinnati <laughs> or, or the water park or whatever, he would fill up a five gallon bucket and let me sit in it. <laughs> and so I was just thinking of that. We did, uh, 
We used to do redneck water park, which was turning the sprinklers on and getting the kiddie pool and just putting it in the yard and being like, go for it. <laughs> um, but in the end, the baby actually survived and he's a very healthy baby and was returned to the parental father. And so I don't know if Karitha and the father were like actually together at the time. Um, they never really said, at least the story I, did, I read didn't say, but she was, uh, the baby was returned to the father. But also the case was covered on a TV show, on season one, episode one of For My Man, which you can't find illegally online because nobody gives a shit about that TV show, cause, but that was my case. Um, and that's what I was talking about last week, because I wanted to cover, like, fetal abduction as an umbrella topic, but then f- rapid-firing cases of when babies had been cut out of mother's stomachs founded, sounded wrong, and so I didn't do it. But this is the case from this week. That's a lot. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I'm really glad that we don't have one of those shows where, like, you have to stay on brand because you, like, like every episode's a topic. Because, like, you would come up with, like, fucking dark-ass topics and I'd be like, what about one where they drive a blue car? <laughs> Good fucking luck. Figure it out. You know what? I was thinking about, like, how cool would it be if we covered a case and then, like, two weeks later and that's why we drink covered it or something? Yeah. Well, that happened because really? Kendall Ray covered the Uber driver killer. Oh, hell yeah. We're fucking famous. Before. We did it before Kendall Ray. Listen, you guys don't even know we're fucking famous. I haven't watched it yet. She probably did a better job than us, but, like, she did it. I was first. <laughs> she had more time to improve. There's been a lot of podcast drama going on this week and, like, it stresses me out. Yeah, I told her yesterday, I was like, Mercury's in retrograde because all the podcasts are fucking dying. Like, and that's why we drink closed their main group because of all the drama, which, like, okay. Within probably 12 hours of the main group being closed down, a bunch of fans made, like, another fan page for it, like, another fan group. And, like, I just feel like it's a little disrespectful because, like, clearly Christine didn't want them. That's why we drink brand on a fucking nightmare group. Well, I mean, I don't know what she expected by shutting down the original group, you know? I Yeah, and there's a lot of subgroups that she was like, the subgroups will still be up, like, don't worry about it. I sh- what are the subgroups? I thought there was only one, and that was a super secret Facebook group. There's a bunch of, like, spinoff groups. Like, the, there's uh, the one that I'm in, which is ACWWDGAF, which is, that's why we don't give a fuck. And then they got, like, a Harry Potter group, they got a mommy group, they got a engaged group, they got a whole bunch of shit. It's like, okay... My favorite murder had a group that went through, like, a similar nightmare and closed down and, like, they had to address it on the podcast and they were like, we're so sorry, da-da-da-da-da, that was a nightmare. And so, like, that's basically what's happening, but it's not going to stop. And that makes me, I know we're not famous, but, like, that makes me kind of nervous to make us a podcast group because, like, I don't want to spend all day worrying about what fucking psychos are saying that's attached to my brand. Well, I mean, I have no problem shutting it down, but also I think we've been through our, um, podcast fall because last week I did a new case and I'm thinking that's as bad as it's gonna get for us hopefully currently just wait (laughs) um yeah and then sword and scale ended because Mike is an offensive cocksucker and Christine said it and Rabia Chaudhry from Serial said it and that other guy from that podcast I've never heard of said it so I'm allowed to say it just don't don't refer to women as cunts and then be surprised that people are offended (laughs) it's not fucking surprising um we both finished that the dream podcast yes that was so good yeah i'm I'm actually like halfway through the last episode now because i i finished i listened to seven and a half episodes yesterday at work but i didn't finish it but also it's kind of boring because it doesn't talk about limelight and i kind of wanted to talk more yeah i thought it would but i got all the way to the last episode and they were just like so this is Go vote against this legislation. And I yeah. was like, well, what the fuck? Um, but, like, now, since I binge listened to the entire podcast and YouTube is linked to my Spotify, I'm getting a bunch of um, anti-MLM videos in my recommend of, like, this is why you shouldn't join Jamberry or whatever the fuck. So, I mean, they're interesting, but there's only so many you can watch of, like, they scammed me and that's all. Yeah. <laughs> I started a new podcast yesterday, actually, because I finished the dream and I didn't know what to do. It's called Color Me Dead. And these girls are so funny. How many? For, there's two girls. Okay. And they're older. They're, like, 30-ish. One of them talks about having an 18-year-old child. But, like, they're so funny. And they're, like, ugh, so relatable. And I just want to message them and be, like, hi, please be my mom. Because, like, one of them has an 18-year-old kid. And I'm, like, I'm up for adoption. Like, I don't live with my parents. We don't have to tell them. <laughs> but, and one of the girls, I think it was Nikki. Because I started from episode 94 instead of starting from episode 1. Because, fuck it. And she burped as her intro. 
and I was like, I'm in love. I always stop far from episode one. I except for I started listening to a paranormal chicks. And Spotify, I haven't changed it because I'm lazy, but like I was trying to listen my way up, but I listened to episode four and then jumping to like episode 39 and then back down. And then I was really confused about the timeline, but like somewhere in the middle, I found like eight episodes that I hadn't listened to and I thought I had listened to all of them. So it was like, it was fine, I guess. I ended up listening to them all and now I'm caught up, but it really confused me for a minute because first she was talking about like, well, I'm, I'm saving money for a house and I need a new car too. I'm putting in new floors. And I was like, that happened fast, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I don't know, because, like, the first episode of our podcast has, like, terrible audio quality, because I did the editing, and, like, it's very bad, and really, I feel bad, because I see people making, like, listening to that episode, not listening to anything else, and I'm like, no, guys, come back. Crystal does a much better job than I did. (laughs) But, like, Crime Junkies, their first episode had such poor audio quality, like, I didn't want to listen anymore. So, like, I always give people the benefit of the doubt and start with, like, the later episodes to see how it sounds now. Because if I know what's going to get better, I can go back and listen to, like, the shitty audio quality and it doesn't bother me as much. The only time I listen to, like, the most recent one is when you have 300 episodes and I don't feel like scrolling to the bottom. <laughs> Just switch it on Spotify. Click, like, the start from yeah, the Yeah, I know, I know. I need to do that. I've needed to do that for a year and a half that I've been listening to podcasts. Um, but Cody, yesterday, we went out to lunch and then he came back in and I was like, hey, I'm going to be stocking paper towels and toilet paper if you want to, like, hang out with me and talk to me on the sales floor and just, like, ask me where cheese is 20 times. Um, and he did, but he was like, is this all you do for your entire shift is just walk around and organize things and stock things? And I went, mm-hmm, that's a sales associate for you. And he was like, that's why you listen to podcasts so much. And I went, mm-hmm, that's the only thing I can have to do. That's also why I like unloading the semi-trucks better than I like stocking shelves. I listen to a lot of podcasts because I don't like turning on my TV. I don't know. I just, like, listening to a podcast, I can do other things and I feel productive. But, like, if I'm watching TV, I feel like I have to be in the same room as the TV. And, or, or, like, I'm being, like, lazy. And also, Josh worries a lot about the electricity bill, even though I tell him that me watching a half-hour show is not the reason we have a $179 electricity bill. We have an expensive electricity bill because we have no insulation in our house and it's fucking cold. Yeah. But, no. It's definitely because I left the light on in the bathroom. Um, I don't know. I always watch YouTube videos and cross-stitch. I never, I haven't turned on my TV hardly. The only time I turn on my TV is if we're playing, like, a video game with Cody or something. I really, I don't, like, we have a fine TV. I just don't like to watch TV. I don't really watch YouTube. I don't know. I think it's because I spent so long not being able to see and, like, not having proper glasses that I just turned away from all visual mediums. Because I'm like, fuck it, I can't see it anyway. So now I just don't watch anything. My glasses are disgusting. Yeah. No, her first pair of glasses that actually made her see were a pair of my old glasses. Yeah, I went to the eye doctor with them, and they were like, so this is your old prescription? And I was like, no. And they were like, how long have you had these? And I was like, two years? And they were like, what the f-? And I was like, look, I didn't have insurance. <laughs> I ordered a new pair of glasses. By new pair, I mean my updated prescription with the exact same frames because I get the free frames, and there's a limited selection, and I didn't want the ones with clear bottoms because I thought they made my chin look weird. I don't know. <laughs> um, but it's been like two and a half weeks, and they haven't come in. And I feel like they've come in, and my mom just hasn't fucking told me. And my mom's waiting for us to go pick them up at the same time that we put in the order for my contacts because i'm also supposed to order those but i also still owe her 50 dollars, and she's not getting that until another two weeks so mm-hmm. i guess we're not gonna get my new glasses for like two weeks but it's fine i spend all of my time in my they gave me two pairs of trial contact lenses to make sure the prescription was fine and it is so like i'm good for two months but it's whatever can you get contacts on medicaid no i pay for them out of pocket oh how much are they are they bad uh, because I have astigmatism and because I have sensitive eyes, I have to get the astigmatism soft contacts, which is about $300. Huh? Yeah. My mom, my mom is paying half and I'm paying half. I just, I, it's been so long since I haven't had, like, plastic yeah. in front of my eyes. Like, I don't know what I would do with all that free space and my... You'll fall asleep and I know you won't be able to handle them because you'll fall asleep in them and then wonder why your eye's infected. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. The other day I laid down... Okay. I'm really good about taking my glasses off because, like, I like the feeling of not having fucking shit sitting on my face. But, like, when I lay down in bed and I'm not going to bed and I'm, like, playing on my phone, like, I leave them on because I want to see. And Josh thinks that if I'm laying vertical in the bed, I'm going to sleep and there's no... It doesn't matter if it's fucking 7 p.m. He's like, oh, you're going to bed? And I'll come and get in bed with me and, like, put his arms around me and then, like, pass out. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm still wearing my glasses. (laughs) So I have to, like, pick them up and I put them on the black thing next to our bed and, like, toss them and hope that they made it there and hope Josh doesn't step on them in the morning yeah it's rough um 
no i if you shop around there are places that'll get you cheaper ones the the worst part i think is getting the prescription for them because that also isn't covered and it's like 60 bucks well i don't have health insurance anymore so i'm gonna stick with the glasses that i do have until i get health insurance that's fair if i get health insurance i've wanted to shop around i probably will now since i don't have health insurance which means i don't have to go to the provider that i'm going to but i don't know Anyway, you ready for my case? Mm-hmm. I did the Dunblane Massacre. You ever heard of it? Dun? Dunblane. It's Scottish. So, all right. Um, so, on March 13th, so the day before your case, but a year later, in 1966, a dude named Thomas Hamilton wrote... 1996. 1996. What I said 66. <laughs> Whatever. In that year, <laughs> a man named Thomas Hamilton drove to Dunblane Primary School... And then he got out of his car, you know, you know, his uh, scissors and his weapons. Mm -hmm. And he cut the telegraph lines outside the school with pliers. And then he headed into the school, into the gym. Uh, So he had four handguns, all of which he had obtained legally at this point. So four very legal guns in the school. And so in the gym, there were 28 preschool, or not I wrote preschool aged, but they were like first graders. They were primary one age students, like kindergarten, first grade. They were five and six mm-hmm. uh, and three staff members. So before he went to the gym, he's kind of hanging out in like the hallway outside the gym. He fired two shots, one into the um, assembly hall and one into the girls' bathroom. And then he was like, okay, great. Cleared out out here. Going to head into the gym. So he headed into the gym and uh immediately the teacher came up to him and was like who are you what are you doing or oh, you got a gun mm-hmm. you know like Typical. like you would uh and her name was eileen hearted uh so before she even got the <laughs> out he shot her in the arms and chest uh 28 times <laughs> or no he shot 28 times first wounding hearted in the arms and chest and then shot the other supervising attendant mary blake and then just kind of went around, just basically shot at whatever was moving. So, the children. Mm-hmm. Um, As they do when yeah. you're being shot at. <laughs> As you would. The teacher of the class, uh, Gwen Mayer, was killed along with one child at this point. So, all the kids, like, many of the other kids have been injured and they're freaking the fuck out, you know? Because mm-hmm. in 1966 in Scotland, it was imaginable that somebody would come into a primary school with a gun like they couldn't fucking fathom that it's still 1996 yeah things are still sweet and innocent back then well you still say 66 Uh, what the fuck ever (laughs) in this year it was fucking unfathomable Uh, like now fucking first graders know exactly where to hide if there's a gunman oh yeah so at that point he turned to uh like a group of injured children in the center of the gym and shot at them 16 times point blank so every single one of those shots landed great yeah at this point, a seventh grader, which in Scotland is primary seven, was in the hallway near the gym and, you know, like, minding their own fucking business, probably walking back to class from the bathroom, and Hamilton fired at him. He missed the student, but, like, he shot through the glass and it shattered and some of that hit the student. Hamilton fired his weapon out the window, out the fire exit, and towards a cloakroom. So, 24 shots in total at that point. Uh, and just in that, because he shot like 16 times, 28 times now, mm-hmm. another round of 24 bullets. So then he headed outside out the fire exit to a mobile classroom, which like, it's like a trailer classroom, like the ones we used to have when we were in elementary school. Yeah, that was always fun. I don't know why we couldn't use a classroom inside of the school, but yeah, it's fun. Well, in this one, it, they didn't have enough classrooms for all the fucking children, apparently, or fucking something. Uh, but like Catherine Gordon saw him and his gun and she was the teacher and she was like, get the fuck down. Mm-hmm. So her class of seventh graders, primary sevens, laid down like on the ground flat. And moments later, Hamilton fired nine shots through the window. But no, like, thanks to her fast acting and being like, lay the fuck down now, nobody got hurt in that classroom. Um, there was like a a chair where somebody had been sh- like sitting in moments before got a bullet through it. Mm-hmm. So like that's wild. I would I'd pee myself. Um, I'm sure they probably did. <laughs> there wasn't anything in the story that says they didn't. I fucking would. Listen, I don't. I don't mind guns, but, like, I don't like it when other people... I like it when I have the guns. I don't like it when other... Like, even when my dad's holding the gun, I'm like, but if he just decided to turn around and shoot me right in my fucking face because I got a smart mouth. No, you want to fucking hear something. Is when you picked me up for bowling Friday, because you were, like, having your problems with your scholarship and you are upset so you are quiet, I had just listened to a podcast where two girls... Where one girl's two best friends killed her. 
And the, in the entire story, she keeps reiterating of like they did this thing. They went driving around at midnight, which she didn't. Ha- she didn't suspect anything because they were her best friends, and she shouldn't have to. And I went, "They're my best friends, and I shouldn't <laughs> have to." And I was like, "Somebody's gonna have to tell Cody." And Cody's gonna be like, "I never liked her in the first place." That's <laughs> fine. Yeah. Literally. Okay. I don't have a problem with your boyfriend. Kind of. Like I, I want to fight him a little bit, but like I don't. <laughs> I'm not like, Crystal should break up with Cody right now because I don't like him. Mm-hmm. But, like, every time I say something even more, like, Cody doesn't know how to do this. Josh is like, we well, are just going to fucking jump on the hate Cody train, right? You fucking hate Cody. And I'm like, <laughs> not what I said. She does what I do, and it's called talk shit about boyfriends. Yeah. I don't. Uh, so then Hamilton headed back into the gym. And at this point, his pistol apparently was, like, out of bullets. We were just talking about pee, and I thought you were going to say, just, like, he pissed. <laughs> he just pissed right on the fucking ground. Um... <laughs> He discarded his pistol and pulled out a revolver and then stuck it in his mouth and fired the bullet. Which, I mean, I'm not saying that it's good that he killed himself. I'm just saying that it's good that it's not he's not alive anymore. Yeah, I mean, given his suicide, him sitting in jail for the rest of his life, and this the, um, the death penalty, I prefer him kill himself. Just because the other two options are ridiculously expensive. <laughs> I mean, like, obviously he had some issues... And, like, I can sympathize with you up to a point. Like, if you have terrible trauma because your dad beat the shit out of you, and one day you shoot your dad in the face, maybe it's a little bit his fault. Like, if that's controversial, I'm sorry, but, like, maybe you shouldn't beat your kids. But, like, these are babies, and they didn't do anything to you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why, like, I hate Adam Lanza, the fucking uh, Sandy Hook shooter, like, so much. Because, like, that's a baby. Yeah. I don't get it. Like, I... I don't even like children, <laughs> and, like, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't know. I know in high school I wrote a paper on, like, whether you should, like, let the prisoner sit in jail for the rest of his life or let, or sentence him to the death penalty, and it's a lot more expensive to put him in jail for the rest of his life rather than sentence him to death, but that's also going on the pretense that America's justice system gets it right the first time. If we have to take him to trial three or four times to make sure that he should be the one that dies, it's over. Just put him in jail. Yeah. I mean, see, there's always human error, and there's always evidence that, like, somebody may or may not be guilty, but, like, a case like this, like, he clearly did it. Or, like, the Charleston church shooter, like, he did it. He confessed. We have evidence. Like, we know that he did it. I don't understand why he's allowed to have people, like, write letters to him and confess his love to them and, like, fucking all these little Tumblr girls. Like, first off, if you're in love with Eric Harris, Dylan Claybold, fucking Dylan Roof, any, Nick Cruz, any of those bitches, fuck off into a hole. I'm serious. I don't like it. I don't fucking like it. It's weird. It's creepy. Yeah. You're not right. Get some goddamn therapy. But, I mean, I don't know. What I said is purely from, like, a financial standpoint. If you bring in morals to it, yeah, I want to see the motherfucker suffer. Yeah. But, like, not suffer on my own tax dollar that's paying for his gravy and biscuits. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, I'm a shit-ass liberal, but I don't have any problem with the death penalty. No, me either. But I also think that abortion should be legal, so. Maybe I don't value human life. (laughs) Because that's what the Republicans on the internet tell me. I'm like, you're I mean, fucking right. Neither do they, or otherwise they'd offer, like, financial support to those who are trying to nurture human life. Exactly. But, like, what do I know? Like, I don't have health insurance, so, yeah, I don't really value human life. <laughs> I don't value mine anymore. <laughs> so, the, this entire ordeal lasted, like, between three and four minutes. So, like, that's, I mean, I feel like that's quick, but that also had to have felt, like, forever. Yeah. But also, how big is that school? Because was he sprinting, or was he just, like, walking? Uh, it's like, just, the like, the Myers. gym. It's just, He just walked into the gym and then, like, walked out the, the fire exit door and, like, stood there and fired into that classroom. Okay. And then turned around and went back in the gym. But, like, the fire exit was in the gym. Okay. So, he killed 17 victims himself, which I'm not can, counting him in the death count. I'm not. You fucking, no. Fuck off. And he injured 15 others. So, the first call to police was made at 9.41, which was roughly 10 minutes after uh, he cut the telegraph cords. Uh, And so, the assistant headmistress had been kind of near the gym, and her name was Agnes Olson. And so, she suspected there was a shooter, so instead of, like, calling 911 herself in, like, the nearest classroom, which is, like, what I would have done... She sprinted all the way to wherever the headmaster's office was, which that might have been the closest room. I'm not sure. But it was like, run, 
Ron Taylor, the headmaster, call the police. There's a shooter in the gym. And so he he fucking called and then went to investigate. <laughs> and so he fucking ran down to the gym and, like, peeked his head in and saw everything that, like, had happened and ordered the deputy headmistress, uh, Fiona Eggleston, to call for an ambulance at 943. So, like, in two minutes, he was like, all right, call the police. All right, let me run over here. Holy shit. All right, let me run back. Um... So, after calling... Oh, I already read that. It took roughly 15 minutes for the first ambulance to arrive, which I feel like is a long-ass time for, like, dying children. Where was this? Scotland. Oh. Well, then, I don't know. There's a lot of fields in Scotland. It's a lot of ground to cover. I don't fucking know. I don't know. It's ridiculous. Uh, So, by 11 to 10 a.m., multiple emergency emergency agencies have transported all the injured to the Sterling Royal Infirmary. Infer- that sounds like you're gonna burn them. <laughs> like, like cremate immediately. That's an incinerator. An infirmary. Uh, so one child died en route. Uh, so now I'm gonna tell you about this motherfucker. Okay. This motherfucker right here. He had been a scout leader for a minute. Uh, like less than a year. But he was really inappropriate with the scouts and was, like, super creepy, and at one point, like, they went camping, and he forced some of the scouts to, like, sleep in his tent, yeah. and so they went and told his parents, their parents, they're like, this shit ain't, ain't Gucci, and so the parents, like, complained, and so then Hamilton got fired, and then he's just, like, living his life in the community, being fucking creepy, trying to do everything he can to be around children, Yeah, and so the parents are still complaining, uh, and so, uh, I just threw this in here randomly, but after the massacre, he was cremated, and, like, nobody came to get his body, apparently. I wouldn't, though. I mean, I fucking wouldn't either. Like, that's why, with the Columbine shooters, uh, Dylan Claybold had, like, a funeral, and Sue has always been like, that's my son, and, like, yeah, what he did was terrible, and I wish there was more mental health awareness, but, like, that's my son. <laughs> Eric's body was never picked up, and, like, everybody is like, oh, his mom's such a bitch, she didn't love him, but, like, yeah? I just, like... As a thing. Like, if... I love my dad. I'm such a daddy's girl. But if he wants to shoot up a school, I'm not claiming him. Yeah. My sister's not coming home from Seattle. My brother's not coming home from Idaho. He's staying the fuck there. I don't know. Just, if you commit a crime against a children, your body should be thrown in the garbage. That's it. Right, Caritha. Caritha. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, just... Like, when I was, like, 14 or 15, my bird died... And our garbage can was full because the garbage was going to run the next day. And there was, like, a perfect bird-sized hole. <laughs> my dad picked up the bird by its foot and stuck it face first into that hole. And that, like, emotionally scarred me. Aww. And so I told my dad, like, I'm going to throw you in the fucking garbage when you die. <laughs> he was like, do it. You can't afford a funeral. <laughs> I mean, true. Yeah. His savings fucking can, though. I don't want to hear about it. I, like, I always feel guilty asking my dad for money. Because, like, I know that we never had money growing up, and I hate asking him to do anything for me because, like, I should be a grown-ass woman. Mm-hmm. And I know that, like, when he moved out, like, my mom's mom was, like, a recovering crack addict with a dead husband and a lot of emotional issues and, like, had no money. Yep. And has literally lived off the government her whole life. And then his mom is, like, developmentally delayed and lived off the government her whole life and worked at McDonald's. So, like, he had no help when he moved out. And he had two kids by the time he moved out. And, like, I'm here with no children and a fine job and two very able parents. I'm like, Daddy, can I have $100? And he's like, will you go fuck yourself? (laughs) But, like, he also has money now. Like, he's not struggling anymore. And I don't... That's just so wild to me that, like, he has money. But I also feel like it's my fault that he was poor. But it wasn't because I never spent any money. I was always broke. And I've been working since I was 15. It's definitely just his fault because he didn't wear a condom. But, like, okay. Uh, so... You know how after bad things happen, like, the state comes and looks at it and is like, how could we have prevented this? Hold on, I Cody's at the door. Oh my god, tell him to go home! Okay. Well, this is called the Cullen Report, one of three inquiries into public disasters by William Cullen, who was Baron Cullen of White Kirk. Because the UK is fucking bonkers, like man. the Baron of Cream? <laughs> uh, so it recommended tighter controls on handguns. Like, fucking yeah. And those are legally purchased, though. I don't see... This is the problem. Yeah, but it's saying, like, you should be able to control more who purchases handguns. Like, maybe if multiple people have said he tried to fuck my child, like, maybe you're not allowed to have a gun anymore. That's fair. That's how I feel. I mean, I don't know. And considered banning private gun ownership, like, altogether. 
Uh, it also recommended changes to school security and an increase of vetting on people working with minors, which, like, yeah, no shit. Mm-hmm. So, the government was like, okay, I don't know about banning all handguns, but we will give you the Firearm Amendment Act of 1997, which banned all cartridge ammunition handguns with the exception of 22 caliber single-shot weapons in England, Scotland, and Wales, but not North Ireland, but it worked in Ireland. I don't know. The UK is fucking weird. Like, they're like, this half of the island is governed by this person, and this one-third is governed by this person, and this guy has control over that one half and this one-third, but not this corner up here. <laughs> I don't fucking get it. Um, so, then a second version, uh, like, that one passed, and they were like, well, let's see how far we can put this. Push this. So, then they came out with the second version, which banned those twenty-two caliber handguns that were like, illegal in the first place, Mm -hmm. and that went through fine. Because in Scotland, they were like, oh, if people with guns are shooting children, maybe we just shouldn't have guns altogether. And everyone in Scotland was like, yeah, sounds fair. Yeah. But in America, we're like, who? That's what reasonable people do. Uh, uh, Like, every American's like, well, what if we need a second American revolution? We fucking don't. We need our muskets and our sticks. That's what I told Josh. I was like, you do realize, like, the government has tanks. Like, they're just going to run you over. And he was like, but if all the Americans revolted, that includes the military. And I was like, see, the problem is you don't consider the military the government. Mm -hmm. The military is the government. They were going to bring their fucking tanks and run you over. It's going to be Tiananmen Square Part 2. I sure hope the fucking government is part the army is part of the government because that's where like 98 percent of our government funding goes but like he he sees like the mil he was like well if everybody in the military revolts well then they're not gonna have access to military yeah like then you're just a person with a fucking opinion and like congratulations yeah then you're a civilian that maybe owns a gun uh so then a group known as the gun control network which is basically the reverse nra was founded in the aftermath and lobbied for a ban on all private gun ownership known as the Snowdrop Petition because March is the time of year when snowdrop flowers are in bloom. (laughs) Okay. Um, So they did Hamilton's autopsy, obviously, and then uh, postmortems on all the victims, and they all had medical records, and the Colin Inquirer was like, no, you can't have any of this, and sealed it for 100 years. They said it was to protect the identities of the children. But then later on, they released some of it, but they were like, but we're not going to release all of it. And so only these children are special. Scotland was like, you're being shady. Yeah. But because they wanted to protect the identities of the children, and I'm a shithead, and I also feel like these babies had names, and these victims had names, and you, like, have to say their name. Say their name. So I have a list of their names. Uh, is Elizabeth- this comprehensive? Yeah, this is all of his victims. Okay. Victoria Elizabeth Clydesdale, age five. Emma Elizabeth Crozier, age five. Melissa Helen Curry, age five, which I feel like Melissa is an old lady name. Like that. Not if you call her Millie. That's what I was thinking, but like, still. Or Missy. We used to have a girl at work named Melissa who went by Missy. Charlotte Louise Dunn, age five. Kevin Allen Hassel, age five. Russell William Irving, age five. David. That was rough. (laughs) David Charles Kerr, age five. Which, like, last week wasn't one of my victims' names, David Kerr. It sounds familiar. It was yeah. something her, which I was like, that's wild. Mm-hmm. I'll check in a minute because I have my binder. Mahari Isabel Macbeth, age five. Gwen Mayer, age 45. Brett McKinnon, age six. Abigail Joanne McLennan, age five. Emily Morton, age five. Sophia Jane Lockwood, age five. John Petrie, age five. Joanne Caroline Ross, age five. Hannah Louise Scott, age five. And Megan Turner, age five. It's odd that there's not a four or six year old in there. There was one six year old, Brett McKinnon, age six. Oh, okay. I just wasn't listening that hard. Yeah, because by the time I got through all of that, I was like, all of these children are five except one. <laughs> Two days after the shooting, a vigilant prayer session was held at Dunblane Cathedral, which like I looked at pictures of it. It's like a nice ass cathedral. Every cathedral in Scotland is nice. I mean, all cathedrals are nice. That's fair. That's why the cathedrals are not churches. Yeah, pr- pretty much. Uh, on March 17th, Queen Elizabeth II, which, is that the current Queen Elizabeth? Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. I'm American. <laughs> and her daughter, Princess Anne, attended a memorial service at Dunblane Cathedral for the children. And then another memorial was held in October, which was attended by Prince Charles, and this one was broadcast on BBC One. So, the school, within the month, like on April 11th, they tore down the school gym and uh, replaced it with a memorial garden. Which, like, so the school just doesn't have a gym anymore? I, they probably built a gym somewhere else. But I know, like, in Columbine, they, like, 
uh, renovated the library, mm-hmm. and, like, I just... Mm, what does I, that mean? Bulletproof tables? <laughs> I just can't imagine going back and being, like, like, even now, like, all those people are graduated and they're, like, 30. Like, Dylan Klebold should be older than my dad. But, like, going in to, like, the, to the library and, like, trying to study... And, like, just be like, oh, this is where that lady that got shot right in the fucking face was. That's just, I don't know, I don't like it. But I also understand that, like, logistically, they can't just close down the whole school. Yeah. And move it. But, like, I feel like that's what they should do. I mean, that's what we did during the swine flu. Boone County got shut down. They had to scrub the walls. The whole school? Mm-hmm. What'd they do with all the kids? They transferred them to a different school. For, like, Wild. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that would fuck up the lesson plan so bad, though. Oh, yeah. No, it was, like, a week of, like, a week of just substitute teachers of, like, just sit here and be quiet and everything's okay. (laughs) So, this happened in 1955, and Scotland, like, completely changed their gun laws. Yeah. And in the same year in Australia was the Port Arthur Massacre, which, um, happened on April 28th and 29th. Martin Bryant killed 35 people, and in the aftermath, Australia's, like, all their states was, like, Australia's the fucking, like, that's where you need a gun. That's where all the wildlife is trying to kill you. Yeah. Um, that's where there's spiders the size of man. Like, that's where you need a gun. Even they were like, okay, clearly you're not responsible enough to have a shotgun or a rifle, so we're taking those away. But in America, they're like, oh, clearly you need more. You need an AK-47. <laughs> Here's a shotgun to, to protect you from that man with the shotgun. Uh, so in a Muir article that I read, they attributed his dysfunction to when he was 22. He found out that his sister Agnes was his mother. And that just, like, fucked him right up. I mean, fair, I guess. Yeah, but, like, we just had a whole conversation about how my paternity's up in the air, and, like, I'm fine. You're not shooting anybody. You're not fine. Not yet. Or you're not killing anybody. <laughs> Listen, at this point, that's the least of my worries. Yeah. Um, Peter Aliwad, <laughs> a psychoanalyst on, on a CBS crime show focusing on murder murderers' families. It was called, like, um murderers and their moms or something like that you mean moms and murder podcast (laughs) said his relationship with guns took a perverse turn he used to talk to his guns as if they were children it's as if the guns replaced the children that he had gathered around him it's like yikes um if you got a shady neighbor who's like speaking to his guns and trying to fuck your child please call the police i like the idea of like one neighbor is that old lady who goes out and waters her plants every morning and asks her flowers how, we're doing, how they're doing. And another one who's just, like, talks to his pistols. It's just yikes. Yeah. My, the people in the apartment next to me just moved out, right? And, mm-hmm. like, their apartment was disgusting. Like, I saw it one day when I was going. Like, my house gets dirty, but, like, I've never just had, like, bags of trash just sitting around my apartment, like, ripped I open. do, but they're Kroger bags. <laughs> These are, like, okay, so, like, as they were moving out, like, I was, like, coming up the stairs as they were, like, pulling, like, their furniture out and stuff, because I had just gotten home from school, and, like, this house was disgusting, like, so nasty, and then later, like, two eviction notices posted on the door, so this garbage was festering for, like, right around a month after they had moved out. Is that the same one that had the pumpkin rotting in front of it? Yes. Okay. Like, this fucking apartment was vile, and, like, I'm surprised that we didn't have, like, every kind of bug in our apartment, because yeah, we were you couldn't so smell close. it. Yeah, but, like, fucking, oh, my God. So, maintenance came to, like, clean it up or whatever and, like, replace the door because they had that funky door that, like, had the gap in it. Mm-hmm. The one that was, like, a piece of plywood? Yeah. Yeah. So, they came to, like, replace that door. And, um, they had to, like, clean out the apartment. And so, maintenance, like, couldn't even stand to, like, have these garbage bags. So, they literally threw them outside the door and just left them in, like, that fucking little, like, it's not a hallway because it's not closed in, but, like, walk area mm-hmm. around the stairs. And they sat there for two fucking days. Ew. Maintenance didn't take it into the trash cans or whatever? That's ridiculous. I know. And, like, finally, eventually, somebody, which I kind of feel like it was the old man that lives in the apartment five. I would have told your landlord. I mean, I thought about it, but I don't want to be, like, a problem, but, like, it's disgusting. Mm. And, like, so I think finally the man that lives in apartment five, like, he's so old. He has a walker, and, like, I feel so bad for him having to live upstairs. Yeah. I think he finally took them down, which, like, makes me really angry. But they're still, like... Okay, so you know how... There's the stairs, you come up, and it's, like, that thing, and then it narrows, and then it's just the strip that's just the two doors to my apartment. Uh Uh-huh. Well, right between, like, where there's that step up in this corner, there's a pile of frozen garbage that, like, froze when it got really cold, like, three or four nights ago. Mm -hmm. 
solid and has been melting. It is so vile. And I just want to take my broom and, like, push it through the holes. Because, like, I'm not touching it. But, like, it's vile. Do you want to run through social media and wrap it up? Yeah. um, If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on twitter at and that's why we drink or no no not that at all actually <laughs> we fucking wish i fucking wish. i don't know why i was just on twitter so yeah um you can find us on twitter at this week in crime you can find us on instagram at this week in crime you can find us on tumblr which i don't fucking recommend at tumblr.com or or this week in crime.tumblr.com if you want to support the podcast leave us a review on itunes i will read it i will take a picture of it and send it to crystal yeah we only have one so far. It's from like podcast fan forty seven or podcast gal ninety two or say podcast a lady adjective and then a number. I see you. Hi. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Crystal on Instagram. If you want to send us hate mail, this week in crime at gmail dot com. If you want us to start a Patreon, email Crystal. Fuck we have her. a Facebook group now as well. Oh, we do have a Facebook page now. If y'all want a Facebook group, I'll make one. But after the recent podcast drama, I don't know if I feel <laughs> hot about that. Crystal will be the admin. She'll be in there all day just fucking banning people. That's what I'll spend my time when I'm supposed to be at work listening to podcasts doing in the paper towel aisle. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. See you later. <laughs>